Before we get into today's episode of One Shining Podcast, want to shout out FanDuel TV. FanDuel TV has a full slate of shows, and if you're not watching Ringer Wise Guys on Sunday before NFL games, you're really missing out. Those guys are doing a great job. Also, we got Cousin Sal's winning weekend on Fridays, and if you're not tuning in to Through the Ringer, you should, because on Tuesdays, it is myself and Cousin Sal breaking down Monday Night Football and all the storylines coming out of Sunday. Also, on Friday, I have Nora coming on the show consistently throughout the season, and Nora's going to have to let me know what is happening with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, because I do not want to engage in that content until Nora tells me what's going on. So we'll see what happens with that. Again, go check out FanDuel TV or Ringer TV on Spotify. Go do that now. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. On today's episode of One Shining Podcast, we're going to talk about it. Yes, you guessed it. What is happening with the beef between Dan Hurley and Coach Prime? Who actually said, you better get me now? And does Coach Prime even know who Dan Hurley is? We'll talk about that. It's a manic Monday. We got Kyle Mann back. We're also going to talk about the 2024 class. We're going to do a little bit of matchmaker here with Cooper Flagg, who just had his first official visit at UConn. We'll also talk about the Boozer Twins. I have a big picture plan for the Boozer Twins. I I hope they'll hear me out. We'll also do an update on the Battle of the Brands. Adidas has a new shoe with Ant-Man. We're excited about that. Also, spoiler alert, Coach K at College Game Day. Who says no? We'll see what happens with that. Kyle, anything else before we get into today's episode? Just working on my defense for another Mac Jones dirty play. But first, (laughs) Woody Durham. Welcome back to One Shining Podcast. I'm your host, Tate Frazier, and you know what day it is, and you know what that means. It's a Manic Monday with Kyle Mann. Kyle Mann, what's going on, man? That was so many mans. I love it. I'm fired up. You really, you really sold like the the. uh, (laughs) You're you're just a branding master, Tate. Any Mm. any opportunity for branding, this guy jumps on it. He's really selling it. You know, Uh, I'm happy to be here. You know, happy to have a a segment named after me. Feeling good, feeling great. Where are you? What's going on? It seems like you're traveling again for the yes. millionth time this this summer fall. There's so many obligations that you have on a calendar, and uh, you never know that you're going to end up switching jobs in March, and uh, your whole life is going to change when you make such plans, right? But uh, I came back to Seattle. Uh, I was here with uh, my girlfriend's family. They run the state fair here in Washington, so. I've been at the fair uh, Friday night and uh, Saturday night. Friday night, I saw the artist known as Young Gravy uh, perform one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. I thought it was a, <laughs> I, I thought he was a comedian. I really did. I, I, I was like, this guy is like Andy Kaufman. He's a master of comedy. And then the trap beats just kept playing. And there were no jokes said, and there were just more like raps about Lysol and, and dish detergent and things like that. And uh, I was like, oh my God, this guy's being serious. Um, but the fair part was awesome walking around the fair. One thing I did learn, Kyle, man, is, uh, Maya Angelou was correct. We are all more alike than we are different. And, uh, the state fair confirms it. I mean, we, we got all the hits, we got Turkey legs, we got games, we got rides, 
Um, it was a, it was a beautiful time walking around, you know, it felt like fall in LA. You don't get four seasons, you know, so you need some, some set pieces to kind of get you in the mood and, uh, fall is here. I got to witness it at the fair and, uh, you know, won some games, uh, did not ride many rides. I, I, am not a rides guy anymore in the, in the world of adventure land. I'm a games guy now, send me to the games. Um, but it's been a great time. Seattle, Seattle is a great place. So I, uh, first time here. Um, and I'm a friend. I, I, I like Seattle. What's the redneck ratio up there? And because I feel like that's always the thing that you know. It always it it, it you know it it brings them out. That's what I would say. You know, right, right. And I will say this. Uh, you know, rednecks uh, are everywhere, not just the South. There's a lot of people that try to you know they try to like pinpoint and say it's just re- regional. It's not regional. It's national. Um, but a lot of country fans there, a lot of fans of, uh, funnel cakes and things like that. You know what I mean? I, I, like I said, we're a whole lot more alike than different. I think if you took the crowd of Washington and dropped it at the North Carolina state fair and vice versa, you wouldn't see much difference, right? You know what I mean? Maybe the, the walking is a little bit different, right? There's a slower pace here in Seattle. People seem to be a little bit more laid back, maybe more of a sense of urgency walking around in North Carolina, don't know what that's about, but I would say Since that's the major difference. North Carolina. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? I think like the speed limit in North Carolina is like, you know, 65 here. It's about 45 when we talk I about pace. Uh, but yeah, no, it, it was a great time. I also played the basketball game, the classic, you know, the rig game at a fair where they they hammer in the front of the rim and the depth is a little bit off. Um, first shot, I got a cheat code. I shot it and, and my arc was so high that it hit the roof. So I got a reshot, um, oh. which is like, you know what I mean? Like a little bit of uh, a little little way to cheat the game here because you only did get that, one shot. Did that give you sort of like a feel for the did like did it hit the ceiling and then hit the rim? And you kind of yes. got it. You got to see how the ball played a little bit. And the balls are pumped up super, super. You know what I mean? So like if it hits the rim, it shoots off like uh, when Dennis Rodman was describing rebounding. You know what I mean? That That's like how these balls bounce off the rim. And but I hit the ceiling. You know, I got the whole family watching me. They're like, this guy talks about basketball. He should be able to win this fair game. A lot of pressure. You know, I could hear, you know, the thumping, you know, do, 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 do in my mind. But luckily hit the ceiling. Guy's cool about it. Gives me the ball back. Now I got the death perception. Then I make the shot. Then I get a prize. Then I'm on cloud nine. And uh, I ruined it by trying to then play the baseball game where you have the three cans, you know, that you, you have to knock off the milk cartons or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, um, yeah. And one of them is weighted heavier than the rest. And uh, and it, it's that game is fixed. So that kind of hurt my confidence. But the basketball game, we came away with the W. Thank God. But uh, if you haven't gone to a fair, I know most fairs are ending right now. Go to the fair. The fair is a lot of fun. Kyle spoke highly of uh, the county fairs. Is it in Poughkeepsie, Kyle? Is that what you were talking about? <laughs> it's the Dutchess County Fair. It goes beyond Poughkeepsie. Uh, we all kind of come together for the, for the county fair. I think Dutchess County Fair is the best one. Some people would say Orange County Fair or Ulster County Fair, but... Um, I don't think I've ever been to a state fair and I don't really think I need to go to one because the Dutchess County Fair is that good. Mm. Well, New York State, I, I feel like, you know, New York is kind of, you know, it makes sense that county fairs would be the thing in New York State. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Texas seems like a place that is like we are a state fair. We have the biggest and the best and we are the best state. New York feels very fragmented. So you guys got county fairs. I think it's the same ethos, though. Right. I think a fair is a fair. And uh, the cool thing about this Washington fair is that Saturday night I saw Babyface. Um, and if you don't know Babyface, this guy's written hits on hits on hits. Um, he sang End of the Road for his last song. And I, I don't think there's a better song to leave on than End of the Road with the crowd. You know what I mean? You, you leave them and they're, they're, they're tugging at the heartstrings. 
and they're out of there. So uh, great times in Seattle. Went to the Seahawks game. Um, found out from the locals the Sonics are coming back in 2025. There's your news peg. There um, we go. They, they they are sharing and spreading the gospel that they they are planning to have this team back in 2025. So uh, OSP news nugget scoop: the Sonics are back in 2025. They never left my heart. I've been right. You know, I've been really a, a diehard, staunch supporter of theirs of them getting there. A bit, it's a, just a big hoop region of the country, Tate. Like exactly. You know, they they really are, and they. I feel like they more than a lot of areas are very like protective of their regions like lore you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i don't know there's something about the pacific northwest that uh it's a really tight sort of defined line like they, they they're very protective of their history and they're very protective of their sports teams in general i mean you walk around the city guys have you know a desmond true font jersey on just as much as they have a cam chancer or a marshawn lynch jersey on right there's people walking around and uh they love their teams I even saw Kevin Durant Sonics jerseys when you're walking around, right? There is a lot of love for the Sonics. So they're coming back. That's good news. Um, in, in the biggest news of the weekend, though, we have to talk about this. We talked about Coach Prime and trying to find a Coach Prime in college, you know, basketball. But now we have the Coach Prime fall, right? You know, you fly too close. It's the story of Icarus. We all know this. You fly too close to the sun. The sun starts to burn your wings. You fall. The rest of the world celebrates. I saw, you know, Chandler Parse. All these people were like, you know, it's about time. You know, Colorado gets a taste of their own medicine, right? Did you Chandler know, Mar- Parsons say that? I think he I said, didn't... well said about Dan Landing talking about clicks versus wins, right? And then oh, Richard Jefferson was like, sake. what the hell? There's cameras filming this guy say this. I'm pretty sure this was for clicks. It was very performative. I mean, very. So, so the whole weekend is crazy in general because of this. So we could talk about that part of it. But I want to talk about the college basketball, uh, you know, vantage point of this. Because after the game, Coach Prime goes in his press conference and he says, you better get me now. This is the worst we'll ever be. And America said, wow, that's amazing. Coach Prime, that's awesome. Uh, you know, he's he's going to, you know, take this next step. What a response. And Dan Hurley and the Yukon Huskies said, cease and desist. Um, that is ours. You cannot take our words. Um, and Dan Hurley obviously famously said this. He said, uh, you better get us now. Um, and uh, because this is the worst we're, we're ever going to be. Um, so it was a little bit different. Prime said, this is the worst I am ever going to be. Um, you better get me now. Um, he made it more about prime, but, uh, you know, Dan Hurley made it about the Huskies. Regardless, we have a beef now that Dan Hurley quote tweets it with the thinking emoji, um, which has led all the people fighting back and forth. Who owns this verbiage? Who owns this, uh, you know, this lane? And Kyle, man, I looked at you and I say, what do you think about this? It's such a Dan Hurley. I, I love Dan Hurley's chippiness. I always have. <laughs> right. I he just he runs hot. He's always looking for a reason. I can identify with that. I'm a competitive person. I'm always like, I'm that, I'm that person that's usually like sort of bringing my hands worried about myself. Just like, God, God, idiot. You can do like, you know what I mean? Just like <laughs> self-critical a lot, just waiting for the moment that someone like says something where I snap out of, I stop focusing on myself like a lunatic. And I'm like, what did you say? Like, I, I can identify with that energy. Like, mm. so I appreciate Dan Hurley. I'm pretty amused. It's at the idea of someone owning that that perspective. Like I don't that that's hilarious to me. I think that just speaks to Dan Hurley's energy, which it speaks to why UConn has climbed as quickly. I know we're going to talk more about UConn and their recruiting here in a bit, but it seems like it speaks a little bit to how quickly they've been able to kind of 
whip the thing into shape, right? Like their their energy is great because of that. Like, what did you say? Like, uh, you know, it's like Hurley. I don't know. Lo- love Dan Hurley. Love the energy. I he's the only coach I've ever seen take a charge in a game. So I I will say that Dan Hurley is willing to put himself out there. We know that at all times. I do think this is a classic culture versus culture, which is uh, one of my favorite battles in this world. Um, it is the Deion Sanders coach prime culture versus an Oregon culture or a Dan Hurley culture that he has at UConn. It's the same word, different connotations, right? And, and different implications when you talk about said culture. And it was so funny to me because in Dion's world, he's probably like, I don't know. I don't give a damn if Dan Hurley ever said that. I never heard him say that. You know what I mean? That has probably never crossed <laughs> Coach Prime's path in his Does life. Does even know Dan Hurley? Or That's know what I mean. That, like, no, he exists, period. What, what would you bet that? I, I would. What are the I odds? Would, I, yeah, I would put it out there to say that like there is a probably ninety percent chance that Coach Prime has no idea who Dan Hurley is. I mean, he <laughs> might know Bobby Hurley. I think there's probably a, a you know uh, maybe a ninety percent chance he knows Bobby Hurley, and maybe he can put two and two together. What do you think? The, uh, um, did you see the people love to pull this out every once in a while whenever Dion does anything? The the dunk contest highlights that can, that resurfaced the the King Griffey Jr. the yeah. the Mike Conley. D- did you see that floating around again? It came, yeah, it came, right. I, yeah. I said they should bring this back uh, in general. But yeah, I mean, it is cool. Like the best part about Dion being back in the the zeitgeist with everyone is that we get old clips of Dion. And and you forget how how incredible Dion was at not only the athletic feats that he was doing, but just the commentary. I mean, this guy's been doing this forever. That's why when people act shock and there there's all about what he's saying, it's like, have you ever listened to Dion Sanders do a press conference? It is it is a show and it, it's a it's a it's a calculated show. I mean, he knows what he's doing uh with all this stuff, but the dunk contest, uh Mike Conley senior every single oh. time that circulates. I mean, th- this is the best thing for the Conley family. I think yeah, I think I, it's I think they're putting it out there. I, they have to be. It's unbelievable. <laughs> every time, every time it resurfaces, I you know on Saturday night, I, I was texting somebody. I was like, I pulled out like the top one hundred uh, Vince Carter like mm. early two thousands plays just for like self care because I believe in self care. I thought that that was important that I do that on Saturday night, and I'm glad I did. I just just some phenomenal ones. I'd love to sit down and like have a video where tape where we just go through some of the Carolina clips. We'll do that someday. But please, you're right. Like. Dion comes out and it's impressive what Dion's doing. I mean, you know, like I, how tall is he even? Is he even over six feet tall? I forget how tall Dion is. In my mind, Dion's six foot four, but I, I doubt he is. He's probably like six one. Hold on. We got to we gotta know this. Six one. Yeah. Six one. Six one. Okay. There you go. Yeah, I mean, dunking with relative ease. But yeah, every time I, every time that clip comes around, your reaction is the, is my, is the one I always have, which is just like Mike Con like, a, a what happened what happened to the sun you know i mean you know junior <laughs> junior is uh you know incredibly gifted with right. eye and stuff but like the hops man can you imagine if mike conley jr was out there throwing down like that it's it's like legitimately impressive dunking regardless of of what sport you play yeah, it's also funny because like Mike Conley Jr. came in like as this point guard with like the Chris Paul, Darren Williams type class of guys. And then right behind him is the Derrick Rose, Russell Westbrook, John Wall types who were dunking like that. And I'm sure his dad probably was like, see, I told you you should have been trying to dunk. Uh, look at these guys. I mean, these guys are incredible. So, uh, yeah, I, I find that fascinating. I also find it fascinating how many people were trying to celebrate Dion losing, which then led me to my next thought experiment. What coach in college basketball would have that same sort of visceral reaction from the public where people 
where literally, even if they don't give a shit about Colorado at all, or don't even like Oregon, you know what I mean? They they seem to be celebrating the fact that, you know, he lost and he lost in the fashion that he lost and da-da-da-da. Is there anyone in college basketball or maybe even prior, right? The only person I could think of is Coach K, but even yeah. Coach K had more people that had sympathy, right? I mean, I didn't see many people being like, man, I feel bad for Dion. He didn't have his best player, his best quarter, his best wide receiver um, or any of that. It was just like, yeah, let's dunk on this guy ASAP. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think people were treating Penny like that for a while. I guess that's true. Yeah. Uh, people were kind of doing that. And, and I mean, P Penny came out with the same kind of confidence like we were talking about last weekend. I feel like since he's, I heard you and Gary Paris talking about this, and I thought it was really true. I think since he's kind of chilled a little bit, I don't think people are thinking about him like that now. You know, he, I think he was just trying to like, he came in with that big marketing energy and the chip on his shoulder. And some of these former players, when they come in, I don't blame them for being a little chippy about the way the establishment treats them in a way. You know what I mean? Because I, I think some sometimes you just, I feel like the overall narrative is very pessimistic and dismissive. Of these guys, they're like, right. oh, they, you know, they think they can just come in here and 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 you know do what we do <laughs> immediately. We being the coaches, um, I'm trying to think of, like, there's a lot of just like point like Nelson point and laugh, ha ha energy that goes on with mm -hmm. Tom Green for a while there whenever he right. would lose, but it doesn't feel this like Patino, the height of Patino at Louisville when he was with like when he was, you know, getting mad in press conferences and stuff and just like n the way he would handle losing, I think people, but uh, granted, I live in Kentucky, so I, I'm hearing that from a different one, but I don't know. Is there another one that comes to your mind? Like a coach the, that the only one is Cal really, but not Cal now, like Cal back in 2015. I think when Cal had the platoon system and he was basically like Devin Booker's our six man and we sub in five guys for five guys and we're 10 deep and we're that much more talented than the rest of the country. I think when Wisconsin won that game, that was the last time I've seen people just absolutely, you know, they, they weren't saying, oh, I feel bad for these kids that made the final four and who were the best team all year and who were undefeated and had so much pressure on them. Right. They were like, we love Frank Kaminsky. We love Sam Decker. Uh, screw Kentucky. I'm glad they lost. And they didn't even know what they had done. They had just set up Coach K to win another national championship, which is what everyone else with the brain was thinking. You know, this is <laughs> this is my nightmare. Um, but, you know, the, America loved dancing on the graves of Cal then. I even think Derrick Rose missing the free throws, right, w with Memphis in 2008. And that's that goes back to Calipari. And you made that great point. You were like, he's probably the closest to Coach Prime because he has this bravado. He sticks his chest out. He kind of takes all of the uh, quote unquote attention from his players. At least that's how like the hater would, you know, try to try to quantify the whole situation. So um, I think that Cal was probably the best bet we have. Coach K has too many like, uh, you know, diehard basketball historian types and, and Duke fans that are going to be like, how could you ever want a coach to go out like this? So it's never going to have that same sort of uh, same sort of punch. But uh, pour one out for Coach Prime. I think he's going to be all right. And uh, next week, uh, big noon kickoff is in Colorado. So I think he's going to be back on television. <laughs> Who knows who's going to be there? Ronda Rousey? I don't know. I mean, there's going to be somebody there um, that's going to be making Rousey. picks. Well, I'm just thinking for Fox. You know what I mean? <laughs> Last oh, time right, they had right, The Rock, right? right. They're, like, they're going to pull. No, they're going to pull somebody and uh, they're going to bring them there. And they're going to have a good time. Let's talk about the 2024 class, Kyle, uh, Kyle man, because uh, this is uh, this has been fun. There was a lot of uh, big stuff that happened this weekend. We got, you know, Cooper Flagg, the number one player in this class. We've talked about him. He had his first official visit at UConn. Um, we also had Duke 
get a big commit. We'll talk about him. Um, we also have Missouri as the number one class now uh, in the class of 2024. So we'll talk about that three prong. Let's start with the first prong, which is Cooper Flag. He's got three schools. He's got UConn. He's got Kansas. And he's got the prohibitive favorite, which is obviously the Duke Blue Devils. Kyle Mann, if you were Cooper Flag, which one is the best fit? Like if you had to play matchmaker for Cooper Flag's future, which one do you think? All right, Flag, if you go here, this is the best path to success. He's a, he's an interesting case. Um, he's one of those guys that I mean, no matter where he goes, he's going for you know eight months. He's going to succeed. Uh, he just I mean, let's just go through it categorically here. Like I mean, category category wise, I mean he basketball wise fits everywhere. Like I mean, yeah. d- like defensively, he's going to be a floor raiser wherever he goes because he can play. He kind of works as that sort of pseudo rim deterrent, rim protector thing because he's just so phenomenally talented in that way. I think he probably needs to play next to a true big, but uh, not to belabor the point there. But like he's he's going to fit anywhere. I mean, in that sense, whatever system. And this season, and this summer, I mean, we saw a lot of the like shooting and playmaking stuff really make a big leap for him. So. I don't think he has to necessarily think about it in a system you know, sense because I think any of the three of those, I feel like Kansas probably has the most sort of like traditional, um, I don't know, you know, Shire is embracing this sort of like up-tempo, you know, spacing kind of thing. Like Kansas has been more willing to play with some of those concepts. Like, you know, they, they had... Um, you know, Dewan Harris, not the greatest shooter in the world, what like was the ank- was the point guard for their team and uh, on a national championship team. So, you know, and then, they, you know, they're building a team this year that's built around a big with Hunter Dickinson, really big, heavy team. You wonder about the shooting. So in that sense, it, it, if he wants to play like an up-tempo style, I mean, I, I could see UConn probably, but, but I was thinking about this, Tate. How credible are you and I when it comes to like telling Cooper Flag where to go to school? Because I feel like the natural instinct for you and I is going to be like, well, UConn really is the 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 most palatable for us too as blue bloods. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Am I crazy? No. What you're about not the r- fit? Am I off on the fit there? No, you're not wrong. And I think uh, all the birds are telling me that UConn is in third place. Right? They're the bronze medal team, even though they got the first visit. It's all about the last visit. We know how recruiting works. So Duke has the last visit. You would assume Duke is the favorite. Most people point and they look and they say, my crystal ball says Duke. Um, And I think Duke is a great fit for Cooper Flag. And I think that's why I'm trying to let, you know, America know that you're right. Yes, of course, the bias is there. Of course, you would say the number one player in the class should not go to a, a fellow blue blood. Therefore, you know, competing with, you know, our blue bloods. But I think UConn would be a great fit. But it sounds like UConn is a um, happy to be here. You finish in third place. Thank you so much for being a part of this. It's great for you to be a part of my recruitment. Kind of like when Patino got in with Patrick Ewing when he was at UMass. He was like, I just need to be on the board so people know we were in the running for this guy. So that's good for UConn. I'm glad that they're in the running. Kansas is the dark horse because Bill Self has been defied before and Bill Self has come through on the other side plenty and plenty of times. And I wouldn't be shocked if he tries to pull a rabbit out of a hat again here. But for the branding of Cooper Flag, for him to be the biggest he can be, he has to go to Duke. He has to. And if he goes to Duke, he's got Nike machine behind him. He's got all of the coverage he can imagine. He's got, you know, the same way that they had Broadway Joe clips leading for Aaron Rodgers. This guy's going to have Christian Leitner clips leading into him. And they're going to be trying to hype him to the moon. So if you're Cooper Flag, plant your flag in Durham. 
say I I will lean into the dark side. I will be the biggest and the baddest, and I will get an attitude. And he's not afraid to talk junk. We, there was that fake story with Bradley Beal that he debunked, but then there's some people that said it was true. Who knows? But he says it wasn't. But regardless, I think he has that asshole in him. And I think Duke will magnify that and then brand that and then make him bigger. And we need someone with a chip on their shoulder to represent Team USA in the future. I'm I'm all about Team USA and trying to build a team at this point. I think Cooper Flagg is going to be a part of that team. I think uh, Cam Boozer is going to be a part of that team. So those two guys are really important um, as far as their confidence and putting them in situations to be confident. So Duke, here you go. Cooper Flagg. If, if, I've never seen a guy that fits Duke more. Um, and, it, and it's time to embrace it. Let's let him go to the Blue Devils. I'm not even going to be mad about it. I'm going to. I'm just going to let it happen. And so he you obviously sound like reclassed. you're coping right now. You t- uh, really doesn't it kind of sound like he's coping? Like he's he's like well, just walking his see, way through it. <laughs> here, here's the flip side of this, and here's my pitch to you. And this is what I think should happen for the good of the game and for the good of the branding. Cooper Flag Class of 2024. Yes, you go to Duke. The Boozer Twins, who were just on an official visit uh, at Kentucky, we can talk about that a little bit. But they're 2025. I think it's time to reclass. I think we need them to reclass. ASAP and we need flag versus Boozer and we need Boozer and his twin brother to go to North Carolina. We need the Boozer brothers to defy Duke to go to UNC. And then we need all next year a showdown because, you know, we talked about the number one pick this year is a little bit up in the air, yada, yada, yada. But the next year, if we get like what Chet versus Paolo was, uh, but we get it in that rivalry, we get Cam Boozer versus Cooper flag. Now that's must see TV. So I, I, uh, Cooper Flag, you have a big three, and I, I'm giving you Duke, but I need the Boozers. That that is my uh, that's my pitch to the recruiting powers that be. Yeah, I, well, Cameron Boozer's uh, birthday he's 16 is July 8, 18th, 2007, which is I, I can't even Wild. process that these kids are born <laughs> in 2007. That's really that is difficult insane. for me to read aloud. Um, I remember when it was 2000, I was shook. You know what I mean? Like as soon as it got out of the 90s, I was like, oh man, this is tough. Oh my God. I was like in college. Yeah. Um, (laughs) No, Uh, I was wondering if the age, if it would work that he could reclass. I mean, the big thing is, I mean, this is a great rivalry. I mean, like Boozer throughout the summer, just, I mean, he played well. He just, it was quieter, you know, shot the ball pretty well uh, in EYBL. Um, But we really just those two together would be one of the better. I mean, I'm trying to think of like front court duos. You'd have to think freshmen. Uh, mm. it, w- it would be a phenomenal two way, not just on, I mean, like both directions. Uh, I, they would be really, really difficult to beat if that ended up my, being the case. My nightmare sem- scenario for all this is that Flag goes to Duke, plays his first year there. They lose in the tournament, in like, you know, Sweet 16 or whatever. And he says, I'm coming back for one more. Cameron Boozer comes in and now they have flag and boozer i couldn't handle that so i that's what i'm trying to save that from happening because filipowski wasn't supposed to come back right i mean you know these things happen and duke can sell the dream and especially with nil and nike and things like that so just please god don't let that happen and now that i've said that it probably will so uh i'm just going to start bracing myself I've been bracing myself for it to happen for months. I mean, mm. I mean, the moment Flag came on the scene, people just—I mean, because he's white. I mean, people people like <laughs> paired him with Duke. They were like, right. "This guy's a really good white American athletic player. He's probably going to go to Duke because that's just kind of typically what happens." Uh, and Boozer, I'm trying to think of like stylistically, Boozer feels more like a Kansas kind of guy to me. Now, if if Cal has really changed. 
I, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not going to act like I have like really rock solid sources on this, but like I haven't gotten wind that it's like a for real, for real kind of situation with the boozers uh, in Kentucky. Um, I think with the, with the boozers, I think we're all just kind of waiting to get confirmation that the Duke thing isn't real because repeatedly we just keep hearing like, no, no, they're their own guys. And it's just kind of, no one believes it. You know, I just feel like the, <laughs> the discussion around the country is just everyone. Uh, and I guess what it comes down to is just like, you know, the regime change with Shire and Kay, like how much of a sort of a culture shift was that? How much of Boozer's allegiance to Duke was really Kay specific? Because we see that with, you know, I know when like Rick Pitino left Kentucky, these schools have to make like a really concerted effort to keep these alumni you know, my, my high school coach doesn't coach at my school anymore. I never go back. Like if, if mm-hmm. he had been there, like after I graduated, I might've gone back and visited, you know, yada, yada, yada. But it's just interesting how like the, the coach and the school can kind of be two different allegiances. Right. You know, and, and to, and to bridge them, I just want, I wonder how much, how much Duke is doing to sort of ingratiate themselves to Carlos during this time. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, he works for the ACC network. He's close. Um, but also he has said, I mean, he said on the air multiple times that it's, you know, it's not something where he force fed his kids like the Duke propaganda. He was like, they liked who they liked. You know, obviously I told him, you know, what I liked and the Blue Devils, but I do believe him. And I do think that, you know, because they were in Miami, because they're kind of away from, you know, the growing up in a North Carolina where you go to school after the ACC tournament, right? And people were wearing their colors and people were talking junk. I mean, I don't think it's that level. I'm sure they love Duke. I'm sure they're they're fine to go there. But there was also at first, you know, Duke was like, we want one twin, but maybe not the other twin. And that can rub parents the wrong way. You know what I mean? So there, I think there's going to be some layers to the whole thing. And that's why if there really is that kind of feeling where it's like, oh, you didn't want both my kids, let's send them to Carolina because what's going to make them the most mad. Let's send them eight miles down the road at the public school. And uh, and with that, you know, we, we saw Jason Cable go to Carolina. When Jason Cable went to Carolina, there were so many people. And obviously his dad coached in the state, um, said he wanted both of his. He lo- his kids both love both schools and all that sort of stuff. But that was still weird, right? When you saw Capel on the back of a Carolina blue jersey, you're like, I don't know about this. Uh, this, this is throwing me off a little bit. Um, so I don't know. There's a lot of layers to that recruitment. I'm fascinated by it. I'm also fascinated just by the the top five in 2024. So Cooper, Cooper Flagg is obviously number one. We got Dylan Harper, who's number two. And Dylan Harper, by all accounts, uh, Steve Peichel goes, if, if Dylan Harper is going to go play chess with friends, Steve Peichel is there to watch him. Um, so Dylan Harper has Rutgers number one. Ace Bailey's already committed to Rutgers. He's number three in the class. Drake Powell is uh, going to North Carolina. He's number four in the class. And then Trey Johnson, number five, going to Baylor. It's a really good class. And then we saw Bethea uh, just committed to to Miami over Kansas. Um, Badunga also just committed to Kansas. He's the eighth guy in the class. Um, and Mizzou with Dennis Gates. Uh, they get Boateng this weekend. And now they're the number one class. Um, you know, in the 2024 class. So just in general, I think 2024, if you care about recruiting, if you care about kind of like how college basketball, the landscape looks, I know we all talk about the transfer portal. That's number one priority, yada, yada, yada. But I still think this 2024 class is intriguing. I think they have a lot of upside and I think there's still going to be some moving parts. I mean, Ian Jackson, number 10 in the class, um, Rick Pitino is still actively recruiting this kid, even though he's committed to North Carolina. Um, that's going to be fascinating to watch because we know how Pitino works. And if Dylan Harper commits to Rutgers, 
they're going to have the number one recruiting class. Did you ever think that was going to be on your bingo board? I mean, Kyle, man, I mean, what the hell? Rutgers number one recruiting class in basketball? Oh, my goodness. No. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't remember. I'm trying to think. We were talking about this before the show. Um, going back. I, I enjoy that like 24 seven has the, the, like the highest commitments of all time on yeah, there right. on the bottom of the site. And and I was thinking back about like Mike Rosario is like the best player who, he, you know, started at Rutgers and ended up at, uh, at Florida. I'm trying to think of who is like the, the best players that, that have committed there, but it's, it's all pretty recent. Yeah. I mean, Rutgers basketball really uh, making making a big push here for sure. Yeah, I love that. Uh, we also have to talk about the five star that committed to Duke because there is a man. Um, he was beloved at EYBL, and his name is and correct me if I'm wrong, but I have checked with multiple sources how you pronounce his name. His name is Con Nipple, um, and that is how you pronounce it, Con Nipple, um, which is I've, I've seen some stories where they say Canoople. Canoople, sorry. Oh right. my God. I I mean, maybe, maybe all these people are gassing me, but I think I'm just going to have to call this man, Mr. Nipple. Um, and then when he's sitting on the bench and they're not playing him, you can say free the nip. You know what I mean? Like, I sure. think there's lots of, uh, there's lots of branding to be had here. If he but slips a pair- screen, nip right? slip, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a lot there. The nip slip, the nip slip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's going to be great. That's going to be great. Uh, but he's a five-star kid, 15th in the class. And now Duke is number two as the number two recruiting class. Or number three, depending on what site you're looking at. But in general, um, what do we know about this kid? And I guess there is some controversy now because, as with most Duke players, we don't know how to pronounce his name. And he may change it. There was Banchero before. We've seen Trevon Duval. Um, There's been lots of names. Jay Williams uh, from Jason, of course. Um, Duke likes to change names. I think it's Nipple. But what do you know about Con Nipple or Nupel? Is it the prestige of the academic setting that makes people feel <laughs> uncomfortable where they're like, ah, I just feel it feels like you're at a, you know, you got to like booze yourself up a little right. bit if you're going to go to yeah. Duke. Maybe that's part of it. It feels know. like you're about to get caviar. So you might as well say, you know, hey, can I get the lobster biscuit? Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, my God. It's it's pronounced <laughs> dear Tay. Don't try to church it up, son. Don't you mean Joe Dirt? Um, it's uh, yeah, I mean. I'm going to say Knipple uh, for for now, just until we get corrected. But uh, he's he's a re- he's an interesting player. He's you know a six five, sort of a. When you watch his gait, he has his his body is is sort of like has a lot of maturing to do, is what I would say. He has like a very solid uh, lower body, very strong, like well built like kid. Uh, and it, he shoots the shit out of the ball. I mean, this summer he shot fifty two point four percent. From three in transition in EYBL and 42 shots. He shoots it really, he's got beautiful mechanics. What I think is really interesting is that, like, he's not a pure facilitator in the settings that I've watched him, um, but he has, like, some bully ball in his game. Like, if he gets a spot up matchup, you know, we mentioned he could shoot it, but if he gets a matchup on, like, a closeout and a guy's up on him, he will just back a dude into the, it's sort of, uh, it's sort of the, the David Roddy kind of thing that what he would do. Like, just, he'll, he'll just bully people if he gets the opportunity. Um, and the other thing that's interesting about him is his heritage. I don't, th- I don't know how often this happens, Tate, but his dad was the all time leading scorer at Wisconsin Lutheran and his mom, is the all-time leading scorer at Wisconsin Green Bay? How often does that happen? Number one, I can't. I can't think of that. Both of your parents are the all-time leaders at, at schools. Can you I, think of I, another one? 
I don't know. I can't think of another one on top of my head, but I do love that. And uh, this guy, you know, we were talking about Cooper Flag was meant for Duke. I think this guy was born to go to Duke. And yeah. I know there was a lot of uh, other fan bases that were chirping for him, that were clamoring for him, that thought he might be the fit. But as soon as I saw a, a highlight and as soon as I saw his announcement photo with all of his brothers, I was like, there's going to be a lot of nipples coming to Durham. I mean, there, there is a there's going to be a Duke pipeline. I'm worried that we're getting Plumley 2.0 here. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he looks like a good basketball player. I mean, I even saw him like initiating offense, right? I mean, I, I saw him like bringing the ball up almost like as a point guard. So, I mean, he's got some, he's got some games, so he's going to be a good addition. And John Shire, I know there was a lot of talk, uh, even when I had the last show with Eamon, we were talking about the 2024 class at the time, the top five had some, you know, unfamiliar faces, some new faces, some new bloods. Um, and then you look up after the weekend and there's Carolina Duke and obviously Mizzou now at number one, but, um, it just happens like that. John Shire's back on the recruiting trail and, uh, you know, Duke's got a new face. Um, and I, I don't know if these kids are hateable really, because I think Kay made them lean into it. I think Shire's trying to be more likable. So I, I don't want to go out there and say, we should hate this kid immediately. I think he's good at basketball, so we'll give him the benefit of the doubt so far. So I think I'm growing up, Kyle, man. I, you know, it used to be I, I see these kids' faces, and for whatever reason, I'm just already pissed off. Uh, I'm I'm going to give it some time. I'm sure you'll find a way to hate him. It's uh, uh, I'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll figure it out. He, yeah, it, it's a the interviews that I've watched with him. I mean, seems like a really uh, a, a close knit basketball family. Like I was telling you that he seems like a likable kid to me. I'm mm -hmm. not trying to find reasons to hate a 17 year old. As a, no, as I think a we like him. Man. That's what I, I mean. Uh, I, I'm just yeah. shocked. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not I, saying I, you are. I'm I can't saying, believe we I'm like just... him. No, another another very random pool. I told you this, this guy. I know my guy Matt Curley will appreciate that. I remember this guy Jeff Norgard is this dude who played for Wisconsin Green Bay and actually got like a cup cup of coffee in the NBA for a while. I only remember him because he lit up the 96 Kentucky title team like in a, mm. in an early season, like a December game, Jeff Norgard. And, uh, and it's that his mom's brother is Jeff Norgard. So basketball pedigree in that team. When I saw that name, I was like, that is a blast from the MF past right there. Uh, I like it. Quite a pull. I, yeah. I like it. Um, one last thing on the recruiting side of things, you said you had the all time rankings, uh, pulled up on two, four, seven. Do we, can we like just throw around who we think is the top five? I mean, that that to me is a that's a fun game, right? To see For, to see who is the all time, uh, you know, best recruits in college basketball history, right? That's how they have it. That's how they have it mapped I, out. Yeah, I was gonna cool. It goes back. Their database obviously is ninety nine, right? To you know, like Virginia isn't gonna have Ralph Sampson on there, that kind of thing. Like it <laughs> it, it only goes back to a certain. Yeah, it might be ninety nine. I don't know. At the dawn of the hoops recruiting internet, I was just gonna quiz you really quickly. Yeah, please. Tate. Um, Missouri, who's, who's the highest rated commitment in Missouri basketball history? Gotta be Michael Porter Jr., right? That's, that's correct. That's correct. Bang. Here's one. Georgia Tech. Can you tell me the top? Ooh. See if you can get any of the top three. I, I have them here in front of me. I think number one would be Derek Favors. Bingo. Good call. Uh, number two, Amon Shumpert. Nope. Oh, man. Uh, He's a okay. versatile player. Uh, some of his uh, some analytics love him. He's been in the league for a while. Uh, he, he's just kind of a toolsy, does a lot of things well. I can't really say much more. Uh, sort of a bigger forward. <laughs> oh my god! I, I'm like I'm like Derek Favors. 
No, it's no, Thaddeus no, Young. The, oh, and, my God. Thad Young. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Th- third Javaris Crittenden. Uh, let, yeah, let's that, do, uh, that's, I was worried about uh, I was worried about that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, perfect. Arkansas's top five is very recent and very old at the same time. Can you can you name any of Arkansas's top five? Oh, my God. Arkansas's top five. I mean, is Anthony Black on there? I feel like he he's got to be one of Black, those guys. Number three. Ding. Yeah. Nick Smith Jr. He's got to be number one, one. Nick Smith Jr. Wow. Uh, let's Three see. Three of the top five are very recent. Uh, is Bobby Portis on that list? He is. He's number four. Bobby Portis. Wow. I and then I'm I'm gonna just say, give me the last two. I don't know. I'm, I'm two I'm, is tricky because he didn't actually play college basketball. Al Jefferson in my high wow. school class, he was number two, and then Bay Fall is uh, class of 2023. Wow. So wow. yeah, yeah. Just some. Uh, there's some interesting one there. Memphis. It's fun too to look at like Memphis. All their their top ones, you would have thought they would have had some higher ones, but they it's Wiseman, Imani, and Duran are the three highest rated. I, w- I would have thought that that would have been favors or uh, I mean uh, um, Derrick Rose, but I don't know. How is Derrick Rose not there? I feel like I Derrick Rose was a consensus like a, seems number like a one. mistake in the two four seven uh, database here. Maybe he, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure what the deal with that is. I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes with that database stuff, you go back and you're like, in the moment, that was not. I do not think that was what it was. You know what I mean? I don't know how yeah. to explain that, but like maybe it's just some sort of like Mandela effect or something. I don't know what's going on there. But even when I go back to like Austin Rivers class or Kyrie, I, I feel like Kyrie Irving might be the number one recruit whatever overall composite score ever but he probably isn't he's probably like number 23 but for whatever reason in that time it was like austin rivers kyrie irving it was maybe it was just blowing up at that time but i like that game let's play that game again that's a fun game um shout out to all the five stars out there kyle man i want to talk about this quickly battle of the brands a little update on the brands adidas is trying to capitalize on ant-man did you see the new shoe what are our thoughts? Um, I kind of like it. I, I feel like this is good stuff for Anthony Edwards. I heard some buzz that people didn't like it, and I was like... Uh, people don't like anything. Like, I mean, that's just reality these well, days. There's they're, always going to be your roasters, right? right? You're going to have your you're gonna have your negative Nancys that uh, that come out. Apologies to anybody named Nancy. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it. I like it. It's, it obviously has some Yeezy vibes. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, with the, the sort of interesting pattern on the side. I was looking at it, though, up close. It's got this, like... TPU, which I used to be, I used to like work in the shoe business, which is thermoplastic. Uh, it's just like a hard plastic shell on the upper. In my experience, like that on a basketball shoe isn't my favorite thing. It's just a little stiff. Like, you know, I, I love how cool foam posits are, but I don't know if you've ever tried to play in them. Stiff as hell. I don't know. I maybe, mm. maybe it's just kind of the result of them trying to create a shoe that like can contain ants like the power of ants like change of direction you know because he has and he's one of the most powerful athletes in the nba i'd say he's probably like he might even be like 99th percentile he's way up there um i don't know they look a little tight in the heel too for me i like the shoe overall i don't think i would like to hoop in it i kind of like the the aesthetic are you are you into the aesthetic what do you think i'm into the aesthetic i'm always worried about adidas shoes and maybe that's my nike programming brain you know what i mean they've got in my head that if you wear adidas shoes you might get hurt or something but it is pretty wild when you think about adidas has signature shoes for d rose james harden dame lillard trey young and now anthony edwards right so he's in kind of already in a top class group of Adidas athletes that they gave him a signature shoe. It's called the AE one. And uh, I like the color palette. And I think that Anthony Edwards, I mean, he's got a little baby with him, right? I mean, I think he's doing all the right things. I am always worried about uh, Adidas in general, but 
I do like the fact that they saw him, you know, with Team USA. They came back and they said, we have to capitalize now. And I think hopefully the Minnesota Timberwolves are doing the same sort of calculus. And they're saying, we have to capitalize now. Because I would venture to say for 2024, in my opinion, he he and Zion are probably the two best players on American soil for 2024. For like actually going to play FIBA basketball and trying to win. And I'm sure the names, obviously, we have Kevin Durant, LeBron, Steph Curry, of course. But for as far as the actual basketball and that timeline, I would think those two guys are our most important. You know, we need to be investing in them as much as we possibly can. So Adidas, shout out to you for doing that. I love to see that. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, get your thoughts on. I feel like New Balance is having a moment. Do we agree? I mean, they get Coco Goff. She wins the U.S. Open. Um, I was up here in Washington. Uh, I was watching a bunch of kids play basketball. And like three out of the the main four good kids, they're wearing New Balance shoes, two Kawhi shoes. Um, I don't. I mean, maybe it's a P&W thing that they wear New Balance. But regardless, I uh, I wanted to float that to you. Do you think New Balance is having like an Under Armour moment like they did in 2015 where all of a sudden New Balance is kind of cool? Um, it's not like a joke anymore. I feel like it's happening. It's different than what happened with Under Armour, I feel like. Whereas like I, f- I feel like Under Armour as high as they ascended was like people started taking like the functionality of their shoes seriously. Like in the like yeah. hoopers were like, I'll consider that. I don't. <laughs> You know, I saw a thumbnail for like Steph, like going on the complex, like shoe shopping thing. And I'm not going to click that because I know Steph's not, he's not going to click and he's not going to pick anything cool because of the old Nike situation they had. Right. Um, I, can I tell you a funny story? Uh, well, Please. I'll tell you a story. I will, you decide whether it's funny. So <laughs> my buddy manages Jack Harlow. We've mentioned this before. My buddy, mm-hmm. Chris, Jack Harlow's from here. Jack Harlow has a heavy affiliation with New Balance. Jack Harlow is very influential on the young on the young men uh, in in the in the in this area and a lot of areas like stylistically like the clothes yeah, right. they wear you know accessories things like that. So there's a guy sitting. I'm getting ready to go to summer league. I'm sitting in the you know in the next to the gate and I see a uh, like a kid. He looks like he's probably my wife was teasing me because I call like if somebody's like 20, I say kid. She's like that. Don't say that. I'm like sorry. I, it's a kid. Uh, it's a younger fellow. And he was sitting there and he had on like all New Balance. He had like tumbly brown hair and like wireframe glasses. And I was thinking to myself, man, like Jack Harlow's really, really making a big influence, a big impression on these kids. And uh, I'm so I messaged my buddy Chris and I was like, hey, I was like, there's a kid here at the gate. I mean, he he is dressed exactly like Jack Harlow. I, w- I was sitting close enough. I could hear him talk. I was like, he sounds like Jack Harlow. I was like, he's talking like Jack Harlow. My buddy that I was texting with walks up to me. I, I didn't realize that he was also in the airport. He walks up to me to the gate, also happens to be going to Summer League. He goes, are you talking about that kid right there? I was like, yeah. He was like, yeah, that's Jack Harlow's. He's like, that's Jack's brother. <laughs> so he's allowed. Yeah, he got the pass. He's like, if there's anyone that could look exactly like him, it's his brother, right? That That's family. That's family. Uh, you know, yeah. that's family ties. Well, here, here I was ready to typify a generation. I guess the whole point is, I mean, the, the New Balance stuff, like the Kawhi basketball shoes a couple years ago, I thought were pretty sick. Like, I, I like I got them. I thought they were pretty comfortable. Yeah. I mean, the, the Jolly Rancher ones were kind of too plasticky and I didn't really like those as much, but just the regular Kawhi shoes were great. And, and I was like, this guy's going to add five years to his career. These are comfortable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I 
their moment is a little different than Under Armour's moment. I feel like in terms of like the lifestyle stuff, I don't know if you can get down with it as much. I know we're prone to basketball talk or to shoe talk. I don't want to get too much on this, but like th- some of the dad stuff, like the dad shoe stuff, I can't decouple what I saw when I was growing up. I'm sure mm-hmm. Kyle probably had the same experience too, that like some of, some of the ones, the, like the bulkier ones that are co- considered cool with like the mesh on the top, I'm just like, that's a dad. I'm sorry. I can't not see. It's a, it's like a Nike Monarch to me. I'm it's like, the Air Monarch. Yeah. 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 I just can't do it. I can't do it. I don't know. Whereas like some of the like sleek stuff from the seventies is cool, but the bulky, the bulky running stuff with like the four digit number titles. I'm like, nah, I can't do it. Yeah. Gen Z's trying to bring back the nineties and, uh, they're trying to like, they're watching like Tim Allen and home improvement. They're like, these are fresh. And you're like, yeah, but yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's cool aesthetically, but maybe not, you know, maybe you, you can't flip it. You're not that cool. You can't pull those off. They, they have a certain demographic and you got to let, you know, you got to let it lie. Remember Steph, when he dropped the, the curry fours, the white ones that looked like, you know, mowing the lawn, like that was the end of the, the Under Armour curry shoe line. You know what I mean? So you, you, you fly too close to the sun, Icarus, it can happen. Well, you never drop the all white first. I think we've mm-hmm. talked about this. Unless you yeah. really think you've got a sick design, you don't drop the all white first. Also, I was going to ask you, is Ant-Man the first? Is he the most, by nature, like Nike-ish athlete to have a shoe with Adidas? You know what I mean? Like He seems right. like he's he's sort of like the, for lack of a better word, like he sort of has that like sexy athleticism that sells where like I feel like he's the first guy that they've had in a while that has that. Cause it's like Dame yeah, pretty cool. Rose had a little bit of that Harden, There's nothing as good as he is. There's nothing like really cool about Harden's game. You know, I, I feel like Ant's the first guy that kind of has that crossover. Like he could have a shoot with Nike. I didn't even know until today. He wasn't Nike. Like when you said that, I was like, fuck, he's not Nike. Wow. Yeah, I mean, they really blew it with the 2020 draft class. I mean, LaMelo, you would think would be a Nike guy. Potentially he goes to Puma which actually in turn kind of makes a lot of sense that he would go with Puma. Um, but Ant-Man, number one pick, it, it, I think Wiseman was the only one. I think he, he was the one that signed with Nike out of that top three in that class, which obviously, you know, Wiseman, you know, he's got nothing. I mean, they're not making sneakers for James Wiseman. So it was a it was a big miss, a big whiff. And then USA Basketball, they tried to put him on the bench. I mean, you know what I mean? That, that's the other part of uh, the whole Adidas cycle. So uh, shout out to Ant-Man. He's defying the odds. And like I said, Zion um, sounds like he's in the gym by all accounts. And Ant-Man is getting a shoe. So American basketball, please, let's get it together. Let's do some shout outs, Kyle, man, because I think it's about that time. Uh, Kyle, yes, turn that camera on. It's time for some shout outs. First shout out is a, is a big one. I want to shout out our boss, Bill Simmons. It's his birthday today. Yeah. Um, I can't believe that it's it's real. It's happening. It's his birthday. The first Why time can't I you believe that. I don't know. Time flies. Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, first time I met Bill was on his birthday, uh, September 25th, 2015. So eight years ago is when I met him. And uh, I, I moved all the stuff into his uh, studio. And he gave me the book of basketball with a hundred dollar bill in it and wrote like, you know, a little note in there. Did and, he uh, really? I've never heard that, that part of the story. Yeah, it was very, very sweet and very kind. That was on a Friday. Uh, when I got done with work and uh, I went home, I still have the book. I still have the hundred dollar bill and uh, I was packing up. I'm about to move and I was packing up and I found it the other day and I read the note and uh, it, it shot me back in time. And then today I wake up and I was like, oh, my God, it's been eight years since that moment. You and, still have uh, that hundred dollar bill? 
Yeah, in the book. I never, I just, Kate, I just, we were uh, so poor. How the fuck did you keep that $100? <laughs> Listen to this guy. I, I know. Wow. But I was thinking to myself, like, it's going to have, you know what I mean? I was like, over time, this this will oh, have some man. standing. Know you know what I mean? How the fuck you pulled that off? Well, eight years yeah. later, it's still, it's still, you know, know struck me a little bit. how many change bins I've emptied it's in those, you know, since well, 2016. But <laughs> good job by you. Really? Way to have some conviction. Yeah, we worked hard on this. Uh, but yeah, that that was that was a great moment in time. And, uh, you know, Bill Simmons hired. That was a Friday. Bill called me on Sunday. Boom. Rest is history. So uh, shout dude, out to him. Shout out to his birthday. Dude, that picture of you from the three point shooting contest where you're holding that sign that says ringer. You look 13. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. like, <laughs> I, I, and that's a that's a year into the job. I mean, that, that was 2016. That, I, I started this is October or September 2015. So uh I was basically 12, uh, but, you know, it was great. A great time. Shout out to BS. I don't know. I, was he doing a podcast on his birthday, Kyle? Yeah. Oh, today? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay, I good. I think he is. Love that. Love I that. I told Bill he needs to uh, issue a cease and desist to Andre Iguodala for his, like, uh, his, like, there should be tears in the Hall of Fame. I was like, Bill, you gotta, you, you gotta squash this. <laughs> like, I, he clearly not a reader. He didn't know, well, he hadn't read the book of basketball. I was like, you gotta, you gotta nip this in the bud, Bill. Yeah, he needs people just out there just listening for him on his behalf, you know what I mean? Because I think there's a lot of regurgitating out there of things that, you know, maybe either they just, like, incepted in the brains of these players, or, like, J.J. Redick is like, I got an idea. I think I'm going to write a book of basketball. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, yeah, but shout out to BS. That's great. Uh, also, shout out to the Blue Bloods, a.k.a. the football schools, 4-0, and um, Kentucky, Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, UCLA lost, so they are out. Um, there are four Blue Bloods left that are 4-0. and They are all football schools, and uh, this is the first time in 52 years Carolina and Duke are 4-0 and in football, so... I don't know what's going on. I am a little bit concerned, but I am happy about the fact that uh, that the Blue Bloods are good at football now. Kyle, what is Kentucky? What's the temperature? Are they excited about being 4-0? Like, are, are people talking about Kentucky football? Oh, uh, yeah, man. We lie. I love Kentucky. I, I actually think I get more excited about Kentucky football games than I do the basketball games, as hard as that might be to believe. It's just more I fun. It's more, there's the house money feeling, you know, because we're mm. so, you know, historically good in basketball that we there's this malaise where we're just always like, God damn it. Why aren't we, you know, it's, it's in football. It's just like, we're just happy. You know, um, I was wondering though, like it's a real talented team. They just have kind of been shooting themselves in the foot. So it's a wait and see kind of thing. We'll, we'll see how good they are here coming up with the sec schedule. But, um, I feel like the transfer portal is probably a big part of this just because you're not going to have like the same depth that you had in the past at some of these power five school, like these historical powers that used to be able to just load up and have waves of guys. I feel like, you know, if there's like a decent four-star recruit who's at Georgia or who's at, you know, whatever school, go to like a, a, a school like Kentucky that's in the SEC or go to Carolina in the ACC or whatever it is and, and get a chance to play. I feel like that's lifted the talent level at some of these schools. Is that true? I mean, how, what's Carolina's transfer portal presence? Is it pretty strong? It's strong. I mean, I think all those school, Kansas, obviously big, that's a big part of their, you know, you know, ability to be able to rebuild their team. I think that's exactly what it is. And if you're the third string linebacker at Alabama, you're going to be a superstar probably at, you know, Wake Forest or North Carolina or whatever, you know what I mean? Whatever it may Duke, whoever it may be. Um, also, Duke might have the best football coach in the country, in my opinion, Mike Elko. So, um, you know, not that I like to give compliments to Duke, but uh, any other team out there that's looking for a head coach, cough, cough, Michigan State, maybe you make the call to that guy. I don't know. Um, but, you know, I, I think that the four Blue Bloods have good coaches. 
Um, and they also have good infrastructure now. And they also know if they want to go to a, well, not that Kentucky has to worry about this or really Kansas, but if Duke or Carolina wants to get picked up in the next iteration of this realignment, you got to have a football program that matters. So they're making it happen. I like that. Uh, shout out to the Blue Bloods. Like I said, uh, shout out to Virginia. Um, actually, quickly, before we talk about Virginia's first day of practice, college game day is at Duke this weekend, and my birds are telling me that Coach K will be there. So, well, I mean, uh, are you shocked by that at all? Not Does at all. Does he not live in Durham anymore? Where, where did he move to? I feel like you would have a grasp on this. Or I think he's, I mean, a lot of people have seen him uh, at, at casinos and places, but I think that's just <laughs> him traveling around. But um, I think uh, I think Durham is where he's stationed. He still has his office, um, which is on the sixth floor above everybody else um, to make sure they remember. <laughs> um, and I, I think if we get him on college game day, the best thing that could happen is Coach K says something about like a team. Like, you know, Ryan Day was calling out Lou Holtz and he's like, I'm going to beat Lou Holtz's ass if I see him in public. You know, and everyone's like, dude, what the hell's wrong with you? Uh, but if Coach K starts to beef with a football coach this weekend, that would be, that's that's what we need. We need we need that moment in time. And, and Coach K apparently will be on game day. So we should all be watching on Saturday. So, Put that on your schedule, Kyle. We need to watch college game day. I figured, I mean, do you think that Coach K has like a special penthouse elevator? You know how like in the nicer hotels you go sure. up and then you have to get on another one? I feel like that's what Co where Coach K's office would be at the top there. And he has a layer downstairs. You know what I mean? Like there's definitely like a basement layer that only he can get to. Very Dr. Evil-ish. Um, and John Shire's number two. And they just have the whole thing cooking and clean. You know, it's going to be great. So uh, shout out to them. Uh, back to Virginia. Shout out to Virginia. First day of practice. Also this weekend, if you're watching college football, the Virginia fans, the way that they were shooting the crowd, their shirts were spelling out Virginia, but you could just see Virgin. Um, yes. Incredible. Uh, I, I College football and the directors of these games and the cameramen that operate they are all working at a different level uh, of consciousness because they find some of the funny stuff um, that you could ever see. So the, the Virgin shirts were incredible. Also, the Jets game. Did you see the guy that his his literally his jaw flew out of his mouth like his teeth flew out of his mouth? He was so upset with Zach Wilson. It was his dentures, right? Or yeah, his dentures. Right. I mean, but I mean, literally shot out of his mouth and then he had to, you know, get it back in. And uh, that was tough to watch. Again, shout out to the TV directors because I don't know how you find that stuff. But uh, th that shirt and that moment, incredible stuff. Yeah, that's that's eagle eye. That's some that's some impressive stuff. I don't I didn't I'm not really a big NFL. You know, I don't intake a lot of NFL. You know, I'm more of a college football guy. I feel like I'm probably like one of the only people at the ringer that's not into the NFL. It's funny to watch Twitter. I'm like it, on Sundays, it just is like flowing <laughs> with everyone, and I'm like. I don't really. Anybody want to talk about uh, AJ Bonsa? You know, like, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of the cheese standing alone on that one. I thought I would be chilling. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, the the powers that be said I will be locked in on NFL. So I'm, I am lot more locked in than ever. Um, I am. I am. I'm like taking notes during games again, Kyle, man. So I, I feel like it is 2015, 2016. So that's always fun. Uh, speaking of fun, shout out to Giannis Antetokounmpo, a.k.a. the new Houston Cougar. Working out with Akeem Olajuwon, uh, the Houston uh, basketball pages, they are loving this. They even put up like a little Giannis Hakeem article like on the official Houston website about them training together. So, I mean, I don't know what, what the end game is here for the city of Houston, but Giannis, we've always tried to figure out what school 
he kind of aligns with, right? His brother went to Dayton. Um, you know, there's been some people that said he got recruited by this school, that school, and made arguments about it. But I think he's officially a Houston Cougar. Can we get down with that? I think that's a good win for Houston. And also, the Akeem to Antetokounmpo is a good pathway, right? As, I mean, that, as that, long as there's no evidence going the other way, why wouldn't Houston do that, right? Right. As long as, the, as, long as you can't say, you know, here's where he said that he would have went to Kentucky if, you know, if things went out differently. I think it, until there's some real hard evidence, you just... Full full steam ahead on that rumor right there. Yeah, Giannis is a cougar. Had to be a lot of anxiety traffic if you looked at the map, the traffic map for those articles, those Houston Chronicle articles. It was probably really hot in Milwaukee. You know, a lot of lot of anxiety, I'm sure, over that. In terms of like the, uh, in terms of the the fit basketball wise, I think the Samson on the Kumpo, I I think that they 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 fit. You know, he's got that just real workman. You know, a hard hat, obsessively mm. pl- about you know playing hard. Um, I think, I think those two brands align, you know, I, also the, the, like working out with Akeem is like one of the funniest like tropes of, of NBA basketball period. They're like, you know, he goes, I think I've heard Ryan talk about this, that like you go, you go work with like Akeem for like a week or something. And suddenly you have all of his nimble nimbleness and footwork and stuff. And you just, that's all it takes. You just got to go just spend some time with Akeem. Akeem's still in great shape too, by the way. Looking, yeah. looking good. $50,000 that he's charging these guys, which I think is also incredible because, I mean, Akeem Olajuwon should, yeah, you have to pay $50,000 to work out with them. Um, and that happened because I think the story goes, and this could be, you know how these things happen in basketball lore, right? But the folklore story is that LeBron lost in 2011. He did. Um, That's a fact. He went. He well, did. finished the he, story, but that happened. Yeah, no, that yeah. happened. The, this is how it goes. But don't tell LeBron fans that. But yes, he did lose to Dirk and J.J. Barea and Jason Terry in 2011. And then in the offseason, he went and worked out with Akeem Olajuwon, added, you know, a lot of post games to, you know, a lot of post moves to his game, comes back in 2012. And if you watch the tape, he definitely, you know, that little step out baseline jumper, you know, is very like Akeem, right? So he added some of this stuff to his game. And then he goes and wins the title. You know, they, then back to back, they go 2012, 2013, you know, him being able to play out the mid post, high post, low post. You're like, oh, wow, LeBron's really evolved his game. And then Akeem Olajuwon was like, those are my moves. Um, and I will and, and I will charge for them in the future. By the way, the price Never of the brick again. just went up, right? Yeah, yeah. price <laughs> of the brick went way up. And shout out to Giannis because he's like, I have no problem paying $50,000 to learn from Akeem Olajuwon. And uh I think it was a great move. I think it's like you said, it, it's kind of like a check the box moment in like a storied career. You know, you wouldn't work out with the team and learn his post moves. That's great. And I'm going to put this out there. I haven't said this anywhere publicly, but my birds are telling me that Toronto is the team to watch for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, a lot of people want it to be Chicago. They want it to be New York. They want it to be Miami. They want it to be LA. But Toronto is the one that I've heard that is a dark horse. So just just putting that out there that uh, if Giannis goes somewhere, I know Houston Rockets fans were excited about him being in Houston, but Toronto is the the scary one on the board because I don't know. International guys love Toronto. If he goes to Chicago, he has to compete with the ghost of Michael Jordan. That's not going to happen. If he goes to New York, you need two guys really to go to New York, maybe even three guys. If he goes to Miami, you're just copying LeBron. If he goes to LA, you're following LeBron, right? So you, there's a reason brand-wise that every other place has a, has a pit stop. And uh, Masai is always working, you know, in the background. So uh, watch out for the Raptors for Giannis. That's my one little nugget there. Um, one last shout out for me. Shout out to the two-pack championship. Washington State, Oregon State played this weekend. A great football game. I'm a sucker for any quarterback that wears number one and has the name Cam. So shout out to Cam Ward for the Washington State. He's not in the Heisman conversation, but he should be. 
This guy's incredible. I mean, if you haven't watched Cam Ward, you should go watch him right now. This guy's highlights are incredible. They beat the Beavers. They're number 16 in the country, Washington State. And there's only two teams in the pack. And uh, these teams, like, they came out together, the mascots. The bands played each other's fight songs. They had, like, stepbrother memes during the game. It was yeah, awesome stuff. It. So sh- shout out to the two pack. Way to I lean into it. It's it's yeah. just fucking terrible what happened. But wait, it's lean terrible into what it. happened. But like I've never seen like two things that have been screwed over so hard joined together for the greater good. So shout out to the beef. Shout out to the Cougs. Uh, Kyle, do you have any shout outs for us? Yeah, a couple quick ones. Uh, Robbie Hummel looks like he's just following the Big Ten. Um, and, and what he's it's not really he's leaving ESPN to go to Fox and NBC, but it's not because of anything other than the TV rights are changing. Am I correct in assuming that? Yes. And also, I think he won't his not to get too much in his personal life, but I think he has a lot of things that happen in Los Angeles personally, and uh, he wants to be in Los Angeles. So I think uh, going to Fox, he can do shows on the West Coast and be based out of L.A. So shout out to Robbie Hummel. He's he's literally the nicest guy and also the best that we have right now calling games as far as a color commentator, in my opinion. So great news. We love to see it. Yep. Uh, here's one. We got a bit of a mystery. So you heard, you heard about the Dartmouth the Dartmouth Union we talked about last week and yeah. all that stuff, right? Uh, so when I was doing my uh, college basketball Google search today, I see a headline that says Dartmouth declines to recognize the men's basketball union. And then I click it. The link is broken. It was posted like two hours ago. There's nothing else on the whole internet about the Dartmouth Union being declined. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe somebody jumped a gun. It hasn't been announced, but I think... Whoa. Yeah, it's a it's a broken link and it's the only one of its kind. I've did all sorts of, you know, parentheses and all or the uh what is it, the quotations when you want to find exactly what you're looking for mm-hmm. in Google. Yeah. Nothing else except for this one thing from uh front office sports. And uh, I don't know, maybe somebody's in trouble cuz they jumped a gun on this, but I th- it looks like um it looks like somebody's got some info that this somebody's got a scoop. Happen. Somebody out there's got a scoop. That's what you're saying yeah. and uh they they are being silenced. Um, shout out to thoughts and prayers to whoever has that scoop and thoughts and prayers to the Dartmouth Union. We'll keep an eye on that. I I, uh, <laughs> I don't know what else we can do. It sounds like the the writers, uh, the strike is over. That's good news. Right. So that that shows that, uh, you know, bargaining can work so that that's uh, that's good for the Dartmouth uh, basketball team. Eventually they can get to that table and who knows what happens. Maybe a, maybe an agreement. That would be great. How about this one? We, our own podcast showed up in the straight up college basketball news Google that I did on page five. The one we did last week with Eamon Brennan is college basketball dead or fantastic. Fifth page. That's great. Sometimes I had to go as far as 11 pages. So we are creeping up in the rankings. We're getting closer. We're climbing like Dan Hurley. Get us now. Get us now. Get us now. Right. Uh, (laughs) SEO is building. Uh, If we get on that page too, watch out. So, uh, I mean, that's actually pretty good. Page five, Kyle. Thanks for checking. Thanks for looking. Uh, And I also love that you just showed everybody your hand as to how you get these headlines. (laughs) Google. Oh, yeah. I've I've never I've never hit that at all. Yeah, great. I love that. Uh, that's the best way to learn. I love yeah, that. Otherwise, really otherwise you like, end up on a, a site like 24-7 Sports only, and then you only get what 24-7 Sports shows. Right. So I just, I, you know, I just want to expand my net as, as big as I can. I yeah, like that. It really, it really shatters the image that people had of Kyle just like, you know, with a headset phone, just making calls mm. all day, you know, getting scooped. <laughs> people are devastated, I think, you know. That's what I always I saw in my head. I still am yeah. going to keep it that way. Uh, Kyle, is that it? Are those no, all I our got, headlines? I got two, oh, more, yeah, please. two more. Two more, all please. Right. So Damian Lillard is uh, tutoring, I guess is the word that uh, my Fox 8 is, sh- is showing us. Uh, basketball prospect DJ Wagner. Um, oh, nice. In Portland. So that's a guy. That's, that's his Hakeem, I guess. I don't know. But that's nice. Picking up a young guy, even though he's uh, 
he's probably going to be going somewhere else. But I mean, I don't know. So he just flew out to Wagner just must have flew out to Portland because they said he was in Portland just to do this. I guess you would do that if you're a young guy, right? You're like, yeah, Dame says come check him in Portland. Yeah, Nike could have flown him out, could have flown him out to Portland. And uh, even though Dame's an Adidas guy, you know what I mean? It's a good look. It's it's a good headline, right? You get you get him out there. And then for John Calipari's purposes, right, you, you say, hey, our guy works out with Dame Lillard. Boom. DJ signed to Nocta, too, I think. So they probably could have expensed that trip like uh, for, I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm assuming. But I think he's still on Nocta, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, that makes sense. How many brands does Drake have? We can talk about that another day, but I mean, we got OVO, we got Nocta, we got his own, like, uh, you know, I don't even know half the other shit he makes up, but uh, we'll leave it at that. Nocta, I didn't even know they had signed athletes, so that's great. Uh, Last headline, Kyle, what do you got? Last one, Duke guard breaks Zion's vert record this last week. uh, Dude is the son of NBA vet Michael Stewart, who played from 97 to 05. I'm sure you guys know who that is. I did a little Googling myself. Um, and so he, his, what's the kid's name? Michael Stewart. Or the kid's name is Sean Stewart. Sean Stewart. Sean Stewart. Right? Sean Stewart. Mm-hmm. That's right. And he beat uh, Zion's standing vert record by half an inch. So Zion's was 35 and a half and this kid managed to pull off 36. So there you go. Big things happening at Duke. Yeah. Love Duke's propaganda. That's great <laughs> stuff right there. And I watched the video. Um, you would think Zion jumps higher, but maybe it's just because Zion is so much bigger yeah. that, I don't know. It looks higher. I don't know how to explain it, but I watched the video and I was like, I feel like Zion could could out jump this kid. Um, but maybe that's just me defending Zion at all costs there. But uh, yeah, shout out to him. That's great stuff. Kyle, man, anything else before we get out of here? No, nothing else. Just, uh, you know, just in, enjoying the, this uh, this quiet time just before the season ramps up and gets going. So, no, yeah, you guys covered it. Yeah, we got a lot of good stuff coming up. Uh, If you're looking for preview preseason material, it starts soon. I believe it's going to start next week. Uh, Kyle Mann and I will will start getting together. We're going to do the top characters in college basketball. We're going to do our top 100 storylines for the season. We're going to just do like, uh, you know, we're going to break down some of the conferences. I'm also going to do a top 30, OSP top 30. And we might just be like... uh, you know, the, the guys that can do like an actual preseason list without all of the politics that are involved, because a lot of times when you see like a first team All-American, you have to put certain guys because they've been in college basketball and they've been there before. And you got to kind of like tip the hat. I think we might do like a real version of that, or like guys that we think are really going to break out. And maybe we'll even do our OSPers. So uh, we got some good preview comment, uh, you know, content coming. We're very excited about that. Again, this is One Shining Podcast. I'm in Seattle. I'll be back in L.A. soon. We'll be back on Thursday and we will see you then. <laughs>